Hello and welcome back to the Confine Vaccine Podcast. My name is Akash Basu and in case it's your first time here, this podcast is named as such because I don't want to be confined to any specific area or niche of conversation. Instead, I want to use it as an outlet to speak to bright minds about interesting topics. Today, however, there will be no bright mind present. Today, I'll be speaking alone on a topic that I've been exploring a lot through the course of this pandemic. My idea or rather my interpretation of what self-improvement implies. Now, I don't mean this at all to preach a message or to even give any formal advice on the topic. It's more just to explain what I've been able to learn. I've also realized that a lot of us often go through the same or similar issues whilst believing that nobody else is going through these. So I'd hope that at least some people could relate with this topic. I also don't say this as someone who's been through some huge change and has come out of it stronger or anything like that, far from. It's just something I've been exploring for a while and I thought I'd reveal my findings. Let me be clear, my view on self-improvement doesn't really imply becoming a better version of yourself. I think we're all always changing and growing with age, with changing environments, with changing relationships, etc., etc. You're not the same person you are today that you were five years ago, and you're not going to be the same person you are now in five years. I believe that self-improvement is about focusing that change and that growth into areas that you as an individual feel like you require it the most. The pandemic had left me feeling a little lost, and it sort of took me by shock. I was studying in the UK, living with my best friends, and I wasn't really concerned about the future. When I came back, I realized that I had very little clarity on what I wanted to do with my life, where I wanted to be, where I wanted my career to go, what I was passionate about, if anything. I felt stuck and really had no idea where to even begin trying to figure all this out. All change seemed to be really overwhelming. And especially being confined to living at home in lockdown made the future just feel increasingly daunting. For me, self-improvement can be broken down into two sort of symbiotic processes. It's a combination of self-awareness and self-appreciation. So let's talk about that. Self-awareness for me was simply about being more conscious about what parts of my life were making me feel stuck and on the other hand, what was contributing to the affirmation positive growth. From there, it was about figuring out how to change my habits to try and change the areas of my life that I felt stuck and unhappy. And on the other hand, being able to recognize the areas of my life that did the opposite. Before I move forward to my next point, I think it's important to express that a lot of the lessons I've learned and ideas I'm putting forth have come from books I've read. Um, Some of the more important ones are Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Atomic Habits by James Clear, and The 4-Hour Workweek. I don't think anybody would call these self-help books, but they sort of helped me a lot in adjusting my mindset in a direction that I was happier with. One of the main things I've learned is taking responsibility for your own life, basically. 
um, that lesson came from Rich Dad Poor Dad. And though he applied it in a more personal finance context, I think it's really very relatable to a lot of our lives. I think there have been a lot of points in my career and my relationships where I would either blame myself or blame someone else when something went not according to plan. The point that um, Robert Kiyosaki makes in Rich Dad Poor Dad is um, that letting things that are out of your control consistently affect you is basically the equivalent of letting life push you around. Instead of blaming someone or some entity, I now try and take responsibility for anything that happens to me. Saying, why does this keep happening to me, will only make you feel more stuck. Why didn't I get the job? Why did this situation not work out in my favor? Are just questions where it's pretty easy to find someone to blame. Taking responsibility sort of gives a shot at self-reflection. It changes the focus from why to now what. It focuses more on questions like, how do I avoid this in the future? Or how do I avoid putting myself in a situation like this again? Kind of puts you in a problem-solving mode, which I've learned is far superior to either feeling sorry for yourself or feeling animosity for yourself or for others. I found that for me, doing this has allowed me to stop feeling helpless about a lot of these situations and instead try to take some sort of lesson from both the good and the bad experiences. Self-awareness is also about understanding uh, your own interpretation of your identity. In Atomic Habits by James Clear, he explains how you really can get to determine who you are based on changing what you believe. I think everyone in a way knows the type of person they want to be. But for me anyways, that person has more often than not just seemed unattainable. Before I explain how he put it exactly, let me provide the example that sort of made me think about this fact that our beliefs determine our identity. I've always thought of myself as someone who has a poor sense of direction. I'm always on Google Maps when I go anywhere, even if it's a place where I'm pretty sure I know the, know the way I will more often than not put on Google Maps. And yeah, it was just something that I thought was a part of my identity. And I sort of thought about it when I was reading the book. And I was like, what makes a bad sense of direction, a part of my identity. There's nothing innate about me that would make me somebody who has a poor sense of direction. And so I made a more conscious effort to try and be aware of the roads I was taking, the directions I was taking. And I sort of would have Google Maps on, but I would also just be very conscious about where I was going. And within a week or two, I felt like I knew the way and the directions to a lot more places without even having to use maps. So I sort of realized that the idea that I had a terrible sense of direction was something I made a part of my identity for no reason, really. The way the book explains it is that to decide the person you want to be, you have to try and prove it to yourself with small wins. For example, if you want to become a better writer, 
you have to adopt the identity of someone who writes every day. And to prove that to yourself with a small win, you can start by writing 10 minutes every other day. A large lesson from the book is that um, to make good habits stick, they have to be made easy to do. And that these small wins are only tiny changes, but that these tiny changes can have remarkable results. This is what he calls building identity-based habits and sees it as one of the core things towards making change. In the book, he also talks about how our life is basically just a combination of our good and bad habits. And the reason bad habits are hard to break is because they give you instant gratification. Humans are designed to prefer the option that gives gratification right away, which is why you'll pick up your phone in the middle of a workday and scroll through for hours, even though you may even be feeling guilty at the time, and you'll certainly feel guilty at the end of the day for not being productive. You still do it because it provides you that instant relief. You're happy to face the negative consequences of it, as long as you don't have to face those consequences at the time that you're doing it. Vice versa is true for good habits. A habit like getting into shape and going to the gym, you're not going to see the positive effects of that for a long time, right? It's it's not going to give you the gratification right away. But if you stick to it, it can have serious positive physical and mental benefits for you. And that's why he explains that good habits need to be made very, very easy to be effective. He mentioned something called the two-minute rule, which is anytime you want to try and build a new habit, you should try and be able to do it in two minutes. So if you want to start going to the gym and it's been difficult, try just putting on your shoes and walking to the gym for a while. Then eventually you'll want to start entering the gym. So then turn that to a 15-minute session, let's say every other day. And then eventually you yourself will want to start going to the gym. You'll want to start exercising. And because you've been, because you started easy and you have been building it over time, it is supposed to build the desire to exercise. I think understanding what was being said in these books did lead to a lot of self-reflection, even if it was in a different context. And it did make me realize that self-reflection is really important. Applying it to my own context, it wasn't necessarily bad habits, but just areas of my life where I was consistently feeling stuck. For example, I've always sort of been an anxious person and I let that become a part of my identity. But it was a part of my identity that made me feel stuck more than any other. And so I decided that I should at least make some sort of conscious effort to try and get out of this place where I feel stuck. So I started looking into meditation and I just did it for a few minutes every day. And then I just increased it over time. And I'm not going to say that meditation has had some sort of life changing effect on me, but I feel it has helped me in once again, moving in the right direction into the direction that I want. Another place that I felt stuck and for a while is just being in my comfort zone and having a complete inability to get out of it. I also sort of felt like I couldn't, you know, I knew the things I knew and 
everything past that was just too overwhelming to even explore and i just didn't have much faith in myself to be able to and so in an attempt to get out of that comfort zone i started podcasting not really out of a fear of public speaking but more just not having the desire to really put myself out there you know it's the comfort zone doesn't really allow for a lot of self doubt and actually putting my views and my voice and these ideas out there the thoughts of oh what will people think or what if people hate it do kind of get to you but i realized pretty quickly that people are pretty supportive people are kind and that people who don't have anything nice to say will more often than not say nothing at all so self reflecting and just being more self aware about who i was and what i need to do help me a lot but i think it's less helpful if it isn't coupled with the right amount of self appreciation now a lot of people probably associate self appreciation with the idea of loving yourself whilst i don't disagree with that i find it's often a tough one to abide by instead i want to talk about separating yourself from self depreciation i was watching i was going through my instagram reels or something like that and there was this interview with the main character of lost i forgot his name and um what he basically said was and i'll explain it from my perspective was if i make a mistake or if i do something wrong or if something goes wrong my instant reaction would be to blame myself just be self deprecating i did you do this how could you let this happen you're such an idiot and thoughts like that just sort of creep up and he said that what if you were to talk to your friends like that you probably have no friends and that kind of resonated with me i think a lot of people are really really hard on themselves and i think some of it comes from the idea of you know toughening up the idea that why should you cut yourself some slack when you haven't even achieved anything well why shouldn't you i do believe one of the reasons that this generation is so prone and more prone than other generations to anxiety and depression is because we're so hard on ourselves whether it's comparing yourself to who you think you should be or who your parents want you to be or maybe a celebrity or somebody you aspire to be we just give a much larger part of our time criticizing ourselves for our downfalls than appreciating our wins it's about cutting yourself some slack at your low points and about appreciating yourself at the higher ones sounds so simple right but i know it's not uh, it's it is a lot easier to criticize yourself than give yourself any sort of self appreciation anyways this is how i see self improvement it's something that i do believe needs some conscious effort if you want to work towards the person that you want to be i'm not a spiritual person or anything but as i had said before we're all always growing anyway so it seems to me that the only logical option the only thing that really makes sense is to focus that growth into areas where you think you need it into positive growth for me it was easier than i thought it would be and more important than i could have imagined
Anyway, on this podcast, we always have a little segment near the end where we talk about something completely unrelated. But since I am speaking to nobody, I'll speak about a few of the important lessons that I've learned whilst being in this process. The first of which is the idea of information overload and identifying what's right for you. When I started researching more online on what I should be doing to help the certain aspects of my life where I felt stuck, the internet obviously figured out that I was doing this and started targeting ads and like based on this and my YouTube recommended videos were all about how to improve yourself. And I think that is where the idea of information overload kicks in. I was doing or I felt I was doing quite a lot to, you know, move this along. I started meditating. I went outside of my comfort zone. I was exercising more regularly. But if I went on my YouTube recommended, there would be something on somebody who would have been suggesting a social media detox for 30 days or waking up at 5 a.m. every day because that will change your life or you know, going on a major diet and somebody telling you that that changed their life. And I think it's so important that you don't get sucked into these things. I think for me, initially, I felt like, yeah, I mean, if it's helping these people, it's probably going to help me too. You know, maybe I should start waking up early. Maybe I should go on a social media detox and that all of these things are helpful. And all of these things are helpful. But it's also about recognizing where you are and what you feel you need and not just sort of letting any outside force determine that at all. It's important that you focus on what you need for your positive growth and your peace and not get sucked in to this information overload. Second and last thing, but maybe the most important thing for me is knowing the difference between motion and action and recognizing the importance of action. So this also comes from atomic habits. Being in motion is basically the process of strategizing and planning, which is good, but doesn't lead to a result. When looking into exercising initially, I would spend weeks coming up with a perfect workout plan, thinking and feeling productive, but I realized that I wasn't doing it and the actual going there it seemed like such a pain and you know that's that's where action is the tough part similarly entrepreneurship there is so much planning strategizing thinking that you can do before you start and it'll all seem productive it'll all seem good but it's actually keeping you from being the type of person that takes action and that was me big time you know, I, I was the type of person who would go through the process of planning nonstop. And on many things that I've done in my life, I never even took action. And where I was able to believe that the strategizing was productive enough. But I think realizing that they're very different things and that sometimes you just sort of need to do. Learn on the job if pursuing entrepreneurship. Go to the gym and just suck it up. Get the workout done. I don't know a single person who's ever gone to the gym and post-workout said that they didn't feel great, that they actually made it to the gym. Anyways, that is my piece. 
got some feedback that the podcasts are a bit long so i've tried to make this one a little shorter and it's also quite different from what i've spoken about before this but i guess that's also the reason i call it the confine vaccine so yeah i guess that's that take care and take action